the Legio Kritos. Worst Legio in the game? Let's have a look. Hello and welcome to Maximal Fire. I'm Alex and I'm Johnny and welcome back to part two of our latest series of podcasts. Series of podcasts? Like we've split all of our podcasts into two as of like today. So whereas before you had one podcast which would be um, a couple of hours long talking about events and talking about um, uh, Legio Deep Dives. Now we're bringing you two separate podcasts, each focusing on a different thing. So if you haven't checked out our podcast, which was our discussion about Beachhead, go ahead and listen to that first, and then come back to this one where we're going to be talking about uh, the Legio Kritos in the latest of our deep dives. And to help us talk about that today, uh, we're joined by um, current. Oh, it really rankles me to say this. Current Maximal Fire reigning champion uh, Stuart Oliver. Um, who has uh, a thing, a bit of experience with uh, with Kritos. Hello, Stu. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. Thank you for having me, guys. You're welcome. Um, yeah. If we don't inflate the ego too much, there's only so much that the uh, camera can contain of, of his head. <laughs> yeah, it's already definitely. bulging because of mine yeah, as well. <laughs> already getting bigger as we speak. So thanks for joining us, Stu. How, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, guys, and uh, yeah, thank you for having me, especially for uh, um, for this deep dive into uh, a legion I'm definitely passionate about. And you, you're fresh from another tournament as well, I understand. Um, over the weekend, yeah, I went down to the uh, Grim Dice, so Grimsby's Titanicus event. Um, just the weekend gone, uh, had a great time. Three games on a Sunday, and uh, yeah, came back with the the win from that tournament. So, no complaints here. I haven't, to stop him. <laughs> his reign of terror must be ended. I haven't worked out yeah. if maybe, maybe like Stu's good or is everybody else terrible. I, I haven't. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but I mean, without inflating your ego too much, uh, Stu, like, um, what, what is is that five? Can't try. I was trying to work out the maths of how many events that that means that you've you've placed first in. You've certainly all three of our recent maximal fire ones beachhead 2022 um uh reactor meltdown with a vengeance in the summer and beachhead 2023 you were top ranked player and in the top team is it is it five events though in the last sort of year 18 months that you've yeah won? yeah so this, the um the south shields one again that i participated in because uh, me and Andy take it in turns to run. So the last one I participated in, I won. And then obviously Grimsby as well. So five, five so far. So hopefully you know how to play AT. <laughs> Fingers crossed, or I just can roll dice really well. Okay, right. Johnny, this is a good start. We don't normally bring in extra people for these things. So yeah. I, think we're, I think we're in a good position to kick off and start talking about Krytos. Absolutely. Okay. So Legio Krytos. Um arguably the worst legio in the game hands down worst legio in the game until it's they custom. released uh um the 
Titan Legio's book, right? Yeah, I'd say they were definitely they were definitely down there as a, a bottom tier Legio until they got a, a revamp. Yeah, so they were released originally in the um, I believe it was the Titan Death book, um, which was the first expansion that they released first. Titan Death, Doom of Molech, I think it was. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and yeah, so to give you an idea, if you weren't around at the time, people would rather run no Legio rules um, than run the Krytos uh, Legio rules. And in fact, that's exactly what Ben did. Um, oh, no, no. No, Ben actually did run them as Krytos, even though they were dreadful at the November 2021 event that we did because he wanted to take uh, Hammer of Tyrants. So he had to take them, even though their rules back then were terrible. But they very quickly um, became arguably pretty decent, as we're going to find out today. Um, So we'll do the usual thing that we usually do. We're going to talk through the rules, and then we're going to kind of like uh, give our two cents on them. So um, nice kind of selection of um of different abilities um and traits that Krytos have their first one is a trait called doom of worlds uh, the legio Krytos is a hammer that knows only one way of waging war to crush its enemies utterly beneath the repeated blows of its titans while the legio fielded warhound and reaver titans its commander favored deploying heavier titans into into potent battle groups and using their massed firepower to obliterate continents when fielding an axiom maniple or myrmidon maniple a Legio Krytos player may take a Warlord Titan in place of a Reaver as part of the Maniple's mandatory components. When fielding a Regia Maniple or Precept Maniple, a Legio Krytos Maniple may take a Warbringer Nemesis Titan in place of a Warhound as part of its mandatory components. Well, this is wordy, this one. Um, when, a war- when a Warbringer Nemesis Titan is substituted into a Regia Maniple in this way, courtiers can merge their Void Shields as if, it was, as if the Warbringer were a King or Queen. In addition... Uh, when fielding a Fortis Maniple, a Legio Kratos player may take a single Warlord um, or a single Warbringer Nemesis in place of a Reaver Titan as part of its mandatory um, components. Um, so we see this quite often, don't we, across a lot of Legios, these kind of um, engine swaps, chass- chassis changes. Um, this Never one, this comprehensive. Yeah, and this is this is quite, quite complicated, right? This is... Mm. Um, it, it sounds like quite a lot of options, but like there's actually only a handful of maniples it's impacting. It's just a good version of it, right? Like compared to like Tritonus or something like that. You know, you you've got some very specific situations in there that lists out. Yeah, but maybe a bit more flexibility than than say Tritonus, which I think as we talked about in our last one, like on paper it's it sounds really good, but then when you factor in the fact that they don't count as the Titans of the, of its type. Yeah. It it becomes a little bit more restrictive, whereas as we're seeing here with like the Regia, like the Warbringer, like it specifically calls out it does a little bit more flexibility. Have you ever what's your experience with this one, Steve? So I I'm just gonna be one of these people that generally doesn't use it actually as a Krytos player. Um the reason being is it's the heavier Titan chassis that you're having to to um swap and change, as I'm sure Tritonus with Warlords will know you start racking the points up so quick when you mm. start taking out the smaller classes for the bigger ones. Um, 
and you know when you're trying to squeeze those points into a list this this does impact it has some great benefits but points wise it, it does take away from um you know spending on upgrades and stuff like that absolutely um it it, it racks up so quickly um with with those heavier heavier titans and i think unless you've got a very very specific game plan in place with one of the mana pools you're you're probably okay to pass it. I mean that 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 Regia swap out there. Um, so what what was it that you could swap out in in place of a Warhounds? That Regia would become two Warlords, a Warbringer, and two, um, uh, two Warhounds. Mm-hmm. But you can only swap the mandatory components. So that does mean you could swap a Regia. You, you could, I don't know why you would, but that would be a two Warlord, one Warbringer. Regia, at which point you would have no Warhounds, and at seventeen fifty game, you you would be pushing to get all of that and one Warhound into a seventeen fifty. I think off the top of my head, if you're factoring in a hundred and fifty mm-hmm. uh, seventy five points worth of tracking gyros on those three, so it's heavy. But like you say, it's it, it's expensive. I mean, we see it with the Extergamus Maniples when they're running three Warlords, and, and usually when we see it, it's like three Warlords and a, and a, a detached Warhound or Banner of Knights to make up the points. Um, activation advantage is a um, is a thing. Do you think that this is a trait which scales better the bigger the games that you play? Yeah, I think with this one, like, you know, 1750 um, is a squeeze. But when you start um, going to those 2K games, it, like, opens up, obviously, the Axiom as well. Taking double Warlords in an Axiom um, will become more manageable. Um, so, yeah, I think I think 2K games, you're going to see it used a lot more than you are in the smaller points. Mm. Well, that's, that's a, you could have a triple Warlord Fortis as well um out of that which would take some shifting that would take some serious shifting um yeah. but again quite expensive um but i'm guessing by what you're saying you, you favor the lighter maniples then controversially yeah so um for me i i favor the stuff that's already like inbuilt with it so rapturer uh for kratos and um as as you guys know, the Corsair as well for Kratos. Yeah. Let's let's park that conversation and we'll come back to that in a, in a little bit. But yeah, interesting rule set does offer a, quite a bit of flexibility. But I think it really does come down to what point sized games you're playing with, because certainly the red the Regia seems like a great idea having another heavy Titan that you can share shields with until you actually work out how many points that's going to cost you, um, which is a lot. Um, I I do like the idea of a Fortis, like a, a triple Warlord, double um, Reaver Fortis. I think if you were playing like a 2K game or something and you could squeeze all of that in, I think that would be an interesting list. Mm, but, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's move on. Um, so the next one here, Legio Specific Stratagem, one of two. Uh, this one is, costs three points. Um, Stu's already got a grin on his face because he's uh, he's, he likes to... <laughs> nom at the the plate of this quite often um this is civilization's ruin 
God-breaking maniples are methodical in their destruction of the battlefield, turning forests into seas of flames, buildings into clouds of dust and ash, and the ground into a cracked and desolate wasteland. This stratagem can be purchased by any Legio Kratos player. Reveal this stratagem in any strategy phase. For the duration of that round, enemy units hit by an attack made by friendly Legio Kratos titans with, with a weapon with the Quake trait suffer the effects of the Quake, tra quake trait even if the hit was deflected by the target shields. This stratagem does not affect Legio Kratos knights um, issued with split fire orders if the order was issued after the stratagem was played. Civilizations ruin three points cornerstone, right? Yeah, I think I think I would say arguably probably one of the best strats in in that book for a, a legio. Um, yeah, because it doesn't obviously when you play it, um, it also includes the fact that you can first fire and still get that quake off, um, which is in a game where it's it's arguably about movement is just devastating um, to your opponent. And th this is probably up there with um, Offensive Surge as well, I think, is, is one of the standout Legio traits, uh, Offensive Surge being that of, of Furians. Um, we'll see later on when we come to it, there's ways that you can make this even more rude. But it's 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 shields as well, so it's not discriminatory between Void Shields or Ion Shields. So quaking um, some knights early in the game, is you know it's a big deal slowing them down considerably um and like you say like especially with the match play guide that we've got um often uh there's there needs to be an early game push to go and secure an objective um especially in we live in the days of, of retrieval and push forwards and those type of um ones which you need to go and get something or get something somewhere halving somebody's movement even straight off the bat i think i think you'd play this early right i don't think this is something you sit on yeah so normally for me um first term is when i'm using this and there's not a lot that you can really do about it if you're playing stacked up with quake which as Kratos, you would want to be um to make the most of this um when i've played against it um all you can really do to mitigate this is choose which titans you're going to let be quaked because you can't protect anything and the only sort of way of getting around this that i found really is sitting your own titans in your own concealment barrage or something like if you need to get and i i used this in a game against you didn't i Stu? like i wanted to get a reaver up the field i moved that reaver into a um a concealment barrage because he was my close combat reaver and he was the guy I needed to get up. And if I hadn't have done that, he would have been doing nothing on my board edge until the end of the next movement round. And it would have just been a disaster. So you sacrifice other pawns on the board for the things that you want to protect. Three points, though, it's expensive. But do you use this every game? Would there ever be a game playing Kyrtos that you wouldn't take this? I, I as soon as I'm playing Kratos when I'm doing that now with the match play guide when I'm doing a strat hand that will be the first strat into that hand every time um, I think it's just as as we'll see in a little bit with the um, weapon upgrades Kratos get as well it starts becoming like just an automatic inclusion into your strat hand okay 
Um, any yeah, any parting thoughts on? Sorry, Johnny, go ahead. No, that's right. Uh, any, you know, it's it's something that can really dictate the flow of the game if you do play it early on as well. Um, you know, the fact that you don't even have to break voids is is just it. Yeah, it seems like an auto take. Well, in the, um, in this game, we we obviously we. We're not a fa- not a fan of those gotchas, those kind of gotcha moments, right? I don't really like them too much, but but this this is something. I mean, you 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 need to be prepared that they will have this. Just like if you're playing against a Furians player, you need to be prepared that they're going to have offensive surge in their strat hand, and they're probably going to use it. Um, but you know, it's there's there's not much you can really do about it. Like, and if if you are, aren't prepared for it it can really catch you with your trousers down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to the next stratagem then, shall we? Um, this one's a single point. Um, this is called Destroyer of Cities. Um, some of these um, names of these stratagems for Kratos sounds like how Peter Kaur would name his titans. Um, <laughs> are you getting that same fight? That's a bit of an in-joke, really. Destroyer of Worlds, World Destroyer, yeah. Death yeah. of Galaxies, de- Galaxy Death, yeah. I don't know if Pete listens to this, but if uh, if if he does, Pete, come on, get some original names for your Titans, mate. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Destroyer of Cities. Um, yeah, I just feel like they ran out of ideas for naming that strategy, really, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. or, or they couldn't be bothered with uh, with coming up with something a bit more interesting. Um, the swirling flame of a dying world can be a hostile environment, even for great god machines like a battle titan. The Godbreakers routinely endured these adverse conditions and developed tactics to deal with them. This stratagem can be purchased by any Legio Kratos player. Reveal this stratagem in any strategy phase. For the duration of that round, when targeting terrain, not titans of the Legio Kratos add two to the strength of the weapons. In addition, all Legio Kratos titans reduce the strength of hits suffer, suffered as a result of dangerous terrain by two to a minimum of zero. So before we kind of go into this... Um, um, next. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, targeting terrain is a rule, but it's an optional rule. So, generally speaking, unless you've agreed with your opponent beforehand, that isn't going to be in play. Um, some people like using it for the nice, cool narrative feel that it can add to the game. The dangerous terrain thing, I guess, could be more more um, useful, but. Yeah, it's, Johnny's made his opinion clear. Stu, what's yours? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think uh, in the year and a half I've been playing Kratos, probably longer, I've never taken it. Never, never touched it. This feels to me like a bit of a hark back to what they were before. Like they didn't want to completely strip out everything that they had before and they wanted to leave something in there to, you know, like nod to it. It's only a point. It's not a lot. It ultimately comes down to whether or not you play with those optional rules or not. Um, if if you do, I could imagine it being, you know, useful if you play that way. I've never played that way. I've never met anybody who's played that way. But it all comes yeah, down to what you're playing with. Yeah, in my mind, the the optional rules for the idea of it is sick. Um, and you know, if your titans are like falling over into buildings, like you, you know, it'd be cool to see like that building get rightfully destroyed by a titan falling into it right um i cannot see 
in any game of Titanicus where you would actively choose to shoot a terrain piece over instead of the time and an enemy titan that stood yeah. behind it right like it's not going to happen um and then yeah cool dangerous dangerous train stuff is nice i guess but you have to play it in the stratagem phase so unless you're yeah. like i want to cross this chasm really badly with my warlord I, okay just I mean, you know other than a terrain feature though which you've already agreed is dangerous terrain mm. scatterable mines i think that's the only other I think, technically speaking, if you play with it, when a Titan is destroyed, it counts as dangerous terrain. Like, it leaves a crater right. behind that counts as dangerous terrain. Uh, if you yeah. play with that. Uh, that's not an optional rule, but it's like a if you happen to have craters, which you can if you go onto our Patreon and sub up to £5 um, a month, there is a free STL for uh, a destroyed Warhound Titan, with more to be added soon. Anyway, plug over. Um, but unless you have them, yeah. yeah, pretty, pretty much the opinion that I think most most people have when reading that strat, and uh, I said I, I've never seen it used. It's it's rare that every like every trait across, you know, Allegio's selection is is amazing or useful. Like there's a few, right? There's a, there's a few up there. Um, it seems to be that, that what we consider to be tier A either have a solid all-round okay rules, or decent rules, or they've got a handful of really standout um, game-making rules. Um, so I'm not surprised that this one's a bit a bit fancy. Um, you've already got Civilizations through and you don't need any other stratagem points, to be honest. Right, shall we, shall we move on to the cherry uh, on the top of the... The cake, the the quake oh, yeah. on top of the quake. <laughs> quake. <laughs> I'll have a cherry cherry with my quake. Um, <laughs> so Legio specific uh, war gear, Earthbreaker missiles. Um, Earthbreaker missiles are designed to burrow into the ground before detonating, tearing the terrain apart in showers of broken earth. These weapons were used extensively uh, by Legio Kratos to bring down fortifications, but they also proved effective in slowing the advance of enemy maniples. A Legio Kratos Warlord or Reaver Titan that is equipped, equipped with Apocalypse Missile Launchers or an Apocalypse Missile Launcher can take Earthbreaker Missiles uh, as an upgrade for 25 points for a Warlord Titan and 15 points for a Reaver Titan. When firing the Titan's Apocalypse Missile Launchers, the player can choose to either use its normal profile or reduce its dice value to 4 for a Warlord Titan or 2 for a Reaver Titan and give it the Quake trait. Earthbreaker missiles increase their strength by five when resolving damage against terrain. So let's just ignore that that last bit again. The five <laughs> against terrain. Um, this was, I think, this was one. It, you had one dice or two dice, didn't you, in the original version of Krytos? It was, it was. This was here, or a version of this existed in the um, previous um, incantation of Krytos, but I think it was significantly mm. less dice. Yeah, I don't remember whether you had the option to even switch between. Did it not just flat out replace it? I, I can't. It, it's been that long yeah, ago since I bothered reading the old rules. That um, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I seem to remember it was like a light version of this. Um, mm. I think the only thing to kind of call out here is this is obviously a weapon upgrade, and there is some community um, differences of opinion as to what constitutes as a, an, an upgrade so for instance if you this only really counts if you're taking the heavier warlord 
Um, but you, um, oh, actually, does it say? You know what? It, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Quite often, these upgrades say something along the lines of "as long as another upgrade is not affecting that weapon." Mm. Um, certainly, like with the Atarus missiles, it says the same. But this actually doesn't. So that there's no dispute here. You can take the point I was going to make is that some people consider tracking gyros to be an upgrade to the weapon, or some people consider it to be an upgrade to the Titan. We've always considered it to be to the titan because that is that's the wording but i can see how it's it's anticipated yeah but i can see how it can be interpreted both ways because it does change the arc of the of the weapon so it's it's another one of those janky rules and you play it however however you want to play it but that's not actually a consideration here at all so 25 points or 15 points for a reaver you're getting another optional quake yeah Thanks, dude. Yeah, appreciate you coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I've when I've always geared out, um, I play kind of medium class titans, and the reason being is Reavers is just fifteen points, a flat fifteen points to to have them. Um, as soon as you go for the Warlord, obviously you're going to be spending fifty points because you're going to take Track and Gyros and a Warlord, and then you're going to upgrade the missiles. Um, so it's just a pet preference on points, but uh, yeah, when you combine that with Civilization's Ruin, um, you know, suddenly your Reavers or Warlords are now quaking uh, through shields, which is absolutely insane. And there's, I mean, again, to your point with the Reavers, um, 360 degree line of sight, and they can barrage. So, you know, even if you can't see your target, you can still go, you know what? I'm going to try anyway at a minus two. If you're over 30 inches away, it's only a minus one. So I think to your point as well around the points, it's ten. that would be 25 points to outfit a a Reaver with with an Apocalypse Missile Launcher and Earth Breaker Missiles. The Warlord, it's 15 points, isn't it, for a, a Warlord's Apocalypse Missile Launcher Carapace? Is it 15 points? Yeah. Yeah, 15 points. Um, so then that becomes 40 points with the 25 points, becomes 65 points if you want the tracking gyros. So for the price of one upgrade, let's face it, you're going to be taking the tracking gyros, one upgrade to the Warlord, you could get oh, n- nearly not far off three. What's the maths? Oh, what did I say? 65 and 25. So yeah, you can get, one, you can get two and a half Reavers outfitted. With these, yeah, mm. and the the benefit to that is obviously the more they're outfitted, the more things you can hit with it. Combined with everyone first firing, turn one civilization ruins popped, and five titans are firing earthbreaker missiles. <laughs> and, and not to dwell Yikes. too much on Quake. But like, if you are shooting somebody with Quake in 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 that movement phase in the first fire, it's until the end of the next movement round. So you're you're impacting them on that round. If they're full striding them, that you're affecting them in that combat phase, and you are then affecting them again the following movement phase. So you know, even if you shoot them, obviously in the combat phase, you're affecting them in the following movement phase. But first firing that. Okay, you're sacrificing all of your movement to deny them 
some movement, but you're potentially impacting them like for for three phases of the game. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's great. It's, it's good. I mean, you say not to focus on Quake, but I mean, that is Kratos to me. That's the first thing I think of when I hear Kratos is uh, me avoiding every uh, opportunity to place you with my Volper because there's just there's no point if <laughs> it's there really against the Quake list. Like you, you know, if if you're relying on a lot of movement, you're really gonna you know in a game that's already like you said already really movement uh, heavy and movement really dictates the flow and um, the outcome of the game. If you're then also relying on being a very fast moving army, um, oof, buckle up. It's going yeah. to be a rough ride. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like the antithesis, isn't it, to um, to to the melee list. Um, mm-hmm. when when you can do that, I um, yeah. I know it says it favors the heavier titans, the heavier chassis, and obviously you get the quake cannons on the warlords, and you can get the quake cannons on the um warbringers. But I th- I think I think that it sort of lulls you into this sense of wanting to go down the warlord route and taking those kind of weapons and it's a little bit kind of counterintuitive to go out you know what actually no like it, it's all you need is missiles all, all you need is 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 some apocalypse missile launches yeah it is it is very good it's 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 i i want a krytos list um, i want to play with krytos <laughs> um not because they're I, I consider them to be pretty damn good but but because Seems like fun. I, I mean, I yeah. think it's one of those. Are you having fun? You don't look like you're having fun. But just so you know, I'm having loads of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think you know, for most people now, uh, the first tournament, people weren't expecting it or didn't know just how bad it would be. Um, but now people are kind of getting prepared for it and trying to because i mean what like we've talked about all the benefits one of the counters to that is is yes you're having to do it first turn box blackout on kratos you'll suddenly see them not using civilization's ruin uh, mm. obviously because you're skipping that whole phase um and that could put a kratos player on the back foot you know what is a surprise though i mean to, to your point there i think the traitor book came out only two, three months or something before Beachhead, when you brought them to Beachhead. So like you say, I think there was still, everyone was learning about corruptions, learning how all of that was going to impact the game. But and we, we we touched on this in, in the previous um, podcast about the, the Legios which were taken. There's a shocking omission from that list, um, which I was talking about earlier on with you, Johnny. Um, there is no, there's no Krytos. There was no Krytos at Beachhead. I, I, that's that's right, right? I didn't see any. You didn't see any. You didn't see any. Well, I mean, normally it's me playing them, isn't it? At this time, yeah. I was I was team loyalist. Yeah, but then um, you know we saw a few in the summer, didn't we? Because you had them, Grant had them. There was at least two, I think, in the summer. Um, but I, it's just interesting that there was the, the choice of nothing. There was no no Kratos players out this time because they seem to be. They've they've always been popular with people from a law perspective and from a painting color scheme perspective. Even when the rules were rubbish, people still um collected them, still really enjoyed them. And I've seen a lot more Krytos kind of coming through 
Um, in fact, we did a let's just have a quick Google, a quick look because we we've just we, we did a survey of the Titan Legions um, across the Facebook 2018 group to see how popular certain um, legios were. So just I'm going to just pull up because we haven't published this at this point. Hopefully we will by the time that um, this goes out. Legio Kratos came in. Eighth most popular Legio, um, with twenty nine out of the um, sample of three hundred and something, three hundred and seventy people ish, um, collected Kritos. So a very popular Legio, but not represented at all at Beachhead, which I've only just realised, and I think that's a shocking, shocking admission. I would, for me now, it's up there with the Furians. It's up there with the Griffonicus as to the ones mm. that you tend to see every time. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of of any any distinct reason why. Maybe it's just you know, it does seem very strange that there wasn't any. Well, especially when you consider what the event was. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on the beachhead event, but you know, attackers, defenders, um, skirmishers. Kratos, mm. I think, would have been incredibly versatile to fill a number of those, like defender role uh, and the skirmisher role. Well, to be honest, all of them. I think it would have like been quite versatile across all. Anyway, I digress. If you want to hear more about um, our beachhead stats, go listen to the podcast that we recorded earlier, which precedes this one. Um, we're talking about Legio Kratos, um, and now so we get to talk. Off. Yes. <laughs> um, a very quick question for Stu. So do you find uh, that when you're using the Quake version of like the Carapace weapons, how, how do you like deal with shields, right? Do you, is there, do you notice like it a little bit trickier to actually drip some shields before being able to, you know, actually damage the titans or so, do you load out your titans in a way that you make up for it yeah um, i think i think after after you finish with the rules we're going to talk about um like lists so i'll go into a bit more deep dive mm-hmm. than that um but generally i'll take the missiles i'll try to quake them and that gives me and like at least another turn um to strip shields when the shields go down um, or if the shields are close to going down, I will not fire the missiles first, wait for the shields to drop, and then hit them with the quake missiles again. Now the shields are down. And you yeah. just try to continuously place that Titan under quake. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think if you're first firing as well, like if you're doing it on the turn that your civilization's ruining, hopefully the majority of your quaking has, has happened in the movement phase, which gives you then all of the combat phase to, to fire them as normal missiles. I assume. It just just depends on what you're playing against. Um, so um, fast Warhound lists, um, you know, you're going to first fire into one Warhound and then that Titan's going to first, and then in the shooting phase, that Titan's going to fire into a, a different Warhound. So you're mm. quaking multiple Titans. However, if it's something a bit more heavy, um, yeah, you can quake them in the movement and then just swap back to regular missiles until you strip their shields from them. That is such a huge benefit as well. Again, it's another exception to the rule, like with the uh, Legio trait um, being able to switch. It's a little bit more in-depth in that it lets you choose between using Earthbreaker or Earthshaker missiles. Um, whereas, again, 
not to harp on about Tritonus. You know, you have the choice of the 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 stripping of the the shields, but no like no different profile or anything like that. Yeah, you can't turn it off and on. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Or you know, have two different like damage profiles or or something similar. Um, yeah. yeah, and and it's it's just exceptionally well pointed. Like um, you know, when whenever I see a a piece of 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 war gear which is sort of twenty five points plus that that's when war gear gets expensive because you're usually making some kind of sacrifice in your list to take that piece of war gear and obviously that you know the war uh, lord version of it is 25 points but 15 points i think 15 points is a real sweet spot in in sort of value for money for most um most war gear um like the reinforced um armor for audax is 15 points a titan you know, so that is something. It's just such good value. You would take that on everything, and I think it's mm. a similar case in here that you know, at fifteen points, you would take it wherever you could take it because even if you've got five of them, you're still only talking seventy-five points. Did my maths work out there? Yeah, I think it did. Sure. Look at, look at me, mental maths. I don't know. <laughs> no comments. Alex can't count. Um. Anyway, let's move on to the um. The personal traits. Personal traits are the interesting ones because when you've got like a whole swathe of um, like good traits, personal traits is where you usually see them making up the the, the chaff. So <laughs> loads of good stuff over here. Don't look at the personal traits. So let's see if it's the same with Krytos, shall we? Or if they're an exception to the rule. Um, so the first one here, uh, Godlike Contempt. Um, routinely scouring, scouring worlds and extinguishing armies gave many princeps of the Legio Kratos delusions of divinity, something their allies encouraged um, by treating their titans as temples dedicated to war and the crews as the high priests that worshipped within them. The princeps titan may still make command checks even if another friendly unit has already failed its command check. How is that different or better than like Iron Resolve? Ironclad Tyrant. Sorry, Ironclad Tyrant. Yeah. Um, I think personally, Ironclad Tyrant's better than this one because this is just the Seniorist is allowed to issue a, an order even if another Titan's failed. Where obviously, Iron um, Ironclad Tyrant gives you that that kind of every. Titan in the mana pool, yeah. Just... It won't necessarily be your princeps you want to get the order off on, right? That, and I think that was why I was trying to kind of rationalize in my head. I was like, it seems like basically the same trait, but restricted. I think one of the um, the the one that I you might see it more in is corrupt, corrupt. Um, Princeps and Eurus's, because obviously then they don't get access to the Ironclad Tyrant, but they yes. still get access to Godlike Contempt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Again, like the the um the match play guys removed the whole concept of rolling a D three. Now you pick. Um. I think that's the only scenario, right? That you would probably be picking that in that corrupted maniple kind of setup. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Next one. Um, Worldbane. 
continuing the Pete Core um, naming convention. Um, <laughs> it's not enough for a princeps to merely bring down cities or reduce fortresses to ruins. Instead, they seed the earth with unexploded munitions or purposefully rupture fuel lines, toxic waste containers, and huge energy cells to mar the battlefield. Any blocking terrain destroyed by the princeps titans becomes dangerous terrain um, if it was not already. If the optional rules for destroying terrain are not in use and this per um, this personal trait is randomly chosen, the controlling player may instead choose a different personal trait from the table. I mean, that last line says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it again. Well if, if, if you've picked this one, just pick again. <laughs> again, if like, you're playing... I see what you're doing in GW, but just, you don't need... The, uh... Yeah, yeah, but but again, if you're playing that narrative side of it, right, where like and you know, and you might be using destroyer of cities, um, you can take this equally terribly named princeps trait, and um, you know, just double down on blowing up buildings. I mean, you, your enemy will be tearing you to pieces, but you'll have a nice flat kind of plane to uh, to fight over by the time you've finished. <laughs> If you, I definitely think like there's a couple of ones with Kratos that if you're playing uh, more batch play, more tournament, you just need a black marker pen for some of the some of the stuff in your book. And this <laughs> might be one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, 99% of the time, you would never take this. In in the if you're a narrative player, you might you might play it. If you play it non-competitively and for the narrative and enjoy the aspect of blowing up buildings you might take this even then i don't know if you would um you'd probably take something else um the last trait um path of iron lesser enemies are crushed under the feet of princeps of the princeps titan their crew barely slowing their massive war machine to consider those they have destroyed or not decide the princeps seniorus's titan may make a single smash attack during the movement phase provided it is against an enemy model of a scale uh, of a lower scale than itself stop the titan when it comes within range of the target and resolve the attack then complete its movement as normal uh, when making these kinds of smash attacks the titan may move through models of scale three or less provided that they can completely cross them the enemy model's base this attack does not prohibit the titan from making attacks in the following combat phase so i can see a use there I mean, scale three and smaller, you're talking armages. It can move over. What's a Questorus? Is that three or four? Three. Four? Um... Shows how often I use Questorus. Let me think. Yeah. No, yeah, because a Porphy's, a Porphy's five, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Serastus is four. Four. Which uh, Questorus must be three. Yeah, because Thrastus is is much bigger than her. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. so you you know, being able to cross your own units is something you can't normally do, and you obviously can now. I guess it gives you an option if you fail your charge, you can still do a smash attack. The the other way to do it is if you've got um, if you get outflanked by knights, um, or you get into combat, you don't die. You can kick them as you walk over them and out of that combat mm. it could be very good against screening units yeah really really yeah. good no getting surrounded by blobs of knights you just walk over them um because mm. it didn't say um friendly models did it is any any models yeah any model of scale three or less 
So, which I mean, in insanity that an armager could actually stop a warlord from going anywhere. Um, but that is the minutiae of, of the game's rules, and not you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like that should just be a base rule in, in AT as a as a whole. Anyway, you can just walk through, you know, walk through small stuff. Yeah, yeah. Zero shit's given for knights. Thank you very much. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, you can step over buildings. You can step over a, a armature. You know what I mean? It's just is it, is it from Ghostbusters? Too? Is you're like a buzzing of flies to him. Like, <laughs> any Ghostbusters two fans, or, or are you guys too young for that shit? Oh, oh yeah, I'll, I don't. Okay, right. Okay, I'll and, come on. I'm not that young. No, I was going I, to scoop through, mate, and I would I would have got away for it, away with it, if it wasn't for those pesky armagers. Yeah. <laughs> and that dumb papyri. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I think and that's. You can tell it's eleven o'clock, can't you? Yeah, yeah you really can. <laughs> um, but I think that's the best one out of their their traits. Are we agreed on that? Yeah. Are, are yeah. we agreed in that? As I said before, um, the awesome traits of the Legio are made up with a pile of shit. Um, yeah, you get you get like two out of three. It's very rare you get all three things gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, like. There's there is some play, but I don't know why you would be taking any of those over dominant strategist, over favored by fortune, over ironclad tyrant. Um, yeah, I, I I can't really. I think even what, what's the other one? Blessed blessed by the omniscient or something? The repair one. Mm. Um, I'll have that. I don't think there's any. Swift killer, you know, like they're all. I think all of the ones in the um, the main book are are, are going to serve you better than what's in here. Yeah. yeah. So that is the down. We've gone through the up. Those are the down. Let's just forget about the um, princeps abilities and and move on, shall we? So those are the rules. I think we can all agree some pretty strong rules. Uh, we haven't done. We still haven't done like our traitor loyalists ranked video um but my opinion of Krytos is that they are if they aren't a tier one they're a high tier two um legio which is an amazing flip from going from arguably the only tier five legio that we were considering um in their previous rules to going pretty high up the table might not be top but i think i think they're in that kind of a minus to a kind of range um when it when it comes to traits um and what you can do with them but let's um let's move on and talk about the uh the manifolds uh that you would take with these so we've already discussed as part of their kind of um i've closed the book now and i can't remember what the rule is but their uh, their titan swap out doom ability of worlds. doom of worlds there we go um they were really running out of ideas naming some of these traits weren't they <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could uh, search for the, all of these names, traits, and any other GW publication and find yeah I, I, <laughs> them I, used again. I think I think that was the name of one of my metal dreadnoughts back in the nineties. Mm. You know that, that's that I'd written in kind of like Biro on my Goblin Green base um, was Let's doing the like worlds. Five demons called Worldbane as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just. <laughs> All main characters you can buy from GW. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah, quite funny, isn't it? 
Yeah. So so we obviously we're talking about that. We're talking about the heavier mana pools. Stu, you had some interesting kind of revelations. You were talking about kind of the lighter mana pools, talking about the Ruptura. Um, and that you as a player um have kind of like don't really sort of favor the heavier mana pools. So um I, I you took Kratos to our first our, our two events last year um and obviously placed first in both of those. Like, why don't you give us a, a little bit of a lowdown of how you, how the uh, of what you think are good manipulators for Krytos, but then also how you've played them and how you've won tournaments with them. So um, yeah, so the first manipul, um which I've taken to both of yours, is a Corsair, just a standard Corsair. Um, reason being, and the way I build them is I normally have three kind of. 24 inch range uh gun reavers so the the melter the gatling one of them has a missile pod with earth shakers and the other two have vulcans or um oh volkites. that's the one tomb guns i was going to say but yeah volkites um and then two backfield reavers with volcanoes earthshaker missile apox and lasers uh, the reason I think this works the way it does with Kratos is because, yes, first fire civilizations ruin quake them, but then because of the the corsair trait, it allows me to outmaneuver my opponent and outmove my opponent, which is massive with match even now with the match play guide, um, you know, sidestepping round uh, and moving full speed and the flexibility of a corsair. Is just huge when combined. With so, so, so three of those are going to be on first fire if you can get off those um, those abilities in the first phase. Um, they're going to be sacrificing their movement, but you are banking on the fact that the additional mobility that you get from the Corsair mana pool is gonna gonna pay dividends later on in the game. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. That's I, I you know. Corsair being able to, even if I've kind of found myself in some situations against combat reavers and stuff, staring them down, uh, the Corsair lets me just kind of, you know, do the backwards walk away while still hammering them with with shots. Um, and then all it takes is being able to strip their shields. And most of the time, my volcano ones don't even move. Um, put them on split fire if you manage to strip a shield of a combat reaver. Apox uh, the volcano into them and then shoot whatever you want with the other guns. It's just the ability to then hit them with Quake. Um, the list I've been looking at now um, is a Rapturer for just a just something different. Um, more for the fact that I wanted something a little bit heavier, but not Warlord heavy, if that makes sense. Um, so three Reavers and um, the two Warbringers. Um, obviously, the one of the Warbringers... I, I basically took my Corsair idea, stripped out one of the, the mid-range Reavers and put in a mid-range Warbringer? Breaker. Bringer? Breaker. Bringer. Bringer. That's the one. Definitely not a Warbreaker. Um, no. I was like, Warbringer. That's one of those. War... <laughs> yeah. Got one of them, I think. Um, Just drop a 1,500-point Titan in there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, we'll bring it with Bellicosa, Gatlings, and Melter to move up with another two Reavers. 
and then one at the back, Volcano, Laser, and obviously Mori Quake with Track and Gyros, because then even the Quake Cannon, it's very rare it's going to be getting the minus one to hit for being 24 inches away from something. Or if I've got to that situation, I've done something kind of wrong. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so just a little bit of a change um, for a 2K list, but that has all the Reavers in the 2K list have Earthshaken missiles. So they can sit back for the first turn and uh, first fire four quakes. You know, I, I've just had this thought as you were talking there. You know what I think might have been a big miss? Well, I don't know if it was a big miss because this may have made Krytos even more game-breakingly good, but like, it's a shame that they didn't do something with the Arcus Maniple where like maybe maybe like a, a swap out of the Arcus Maniple, like a Warhound for a, for a second um, Warbringer in the Arcus Maniple. So they're supposed to be all about siege, aren't they? And the Arcus Maniple is the indirect firing Maniple. Um and yeah, in, instead of maybe the, I don't think they needed to put the, um, the Regia swap out in there. Like, but I think it would have made a lot of sense to kind of give a little bit more love to those war break. Uh, war, you got me now. Uh, Warbringer um, chassis um, maniples, which don't necessarily see quite so much love. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a shame. But um, yeah, but I, I've. I think when with the quake, even if you are on a minus one, because it's the big massive pie plate, you know, you've still got a good chance that you're gonna be um hitting something. Even even on like especially like if, if your civilization's ruining, you can just then stick that <laughs> you're gonna bunch up together, are you? Okay, well, like have that with one shot and hit three of you. Yeah. That's definitely that's definitely the more thinking behind it. And I still feel that um in the movement phase, you know, Warbringers can can keep up with the Reavers. Um, I think the, the other ones to look at that I might potentially do just to have Warhounds is the Axiom with the with the two Warlords in it. Mm. The the Ruptura Maniple. Now, their special ability is on a catastrophic um, damage from a uh, a war bringer. Um, everybody gets to move as if it was the the movement phase. Does that mean that you can, if you were on first fire, you could first fire again? That's why I've got the book in front of me because uh, I'm not sure mm. the answer to this. Um, Does it say they make? I thought it said like reavers take a single movement. Uh, once per round, a reaver titan, blah, 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 that's the normal push. Um, when an enemy unit suffers catastrophic damage as a result of an attack made by the Warbringer Nemesis from this maniple, oh, yeah, may make a move as if it is the movement phase. Okay, so it wouldn't be able to... Um, uh, so the main the main ability with that is, is if you're on charge orders uh, yeah. and getting those kind of, like, additional charge but, off. Weirdly I, enough, I've got no combat arms in it. None. I just, I just want like if the push goes off, it'll be trying to get stuff into outflanking positions and stuff like this into the sides. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen a similar list versus like when Ben uh, was still playing, he um, used to take Corsair. Of course, he did. Like uh, he was Captain Corsair, 
Oh, um, the old memes come back again. But, <laughs> but he um, he used to take Presagius Corsair, and um, kind of similarly to you, he was all about the twenty-four inches, no combat weapons, just all about like hitting at twenty-four inches, and with the Presagius. Um, abilities to get bonuses at long range um works very very well with like melter cannons and things like that um i think that would be an interesting kind of counterpoint to kratos the presagious counterpoint i think that would be quite cagey because there'd be you'd have the movement advantage of kratos but at those sort of ranges presagious would have maybe the shooting advantage when you are in range yeah i do i do think um being able to you know reroll location is is very good um you know it gives you it gives you the ability to try to negate at least the fact you can't cool shot with template weapons yeah 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 anyway that's for another deep dive at some point <laughs> in the future um so other than the the, the rupture or the the corsair like w- w- i mean would you do some of the heavier maniples is he I've tried. I know we haven't. I know it's came up. I think once, but I've tried. Uh, I've tried a couple of the heavier, heavier maniples with Hammer of Tyrants in it, um, just to see what Hammer of Tyrants was like more more than anything else. Um, and honestly, it was one of those ones that I used a warlord, and I was I was moving it. Um, got some charges in it. Someone charged me. You know, it took him out. Um, and I just sat there and was like, kind of wish I had the movement of Reavers again, really. Like, that was my experience. Like, went through my head was, I wish I had the flexibility of a Reaver. Do you, do you uh, think that that is, the, that is your preference as a player? Or do you think that that is um, more kind of Kratos as a Legio? I think it's me as a player. I think uh, for me, my go-to lists will have more Reavers than them. Like I've just, as as I brought to um, Beachhead 2023, I still brought uh, an Astorum Corsair and an Astorum Ferox. So still leaning into the Reavers. Um, I just love them. I think I think they're so versatile in the game. They can move. They have good weapon options on them. You know, bit of everything really. But that's just my playstyle. With they are the heavy lifters, really, aren't they? You know, they're, they're your objective takers, your objective holders, your damage dealers, your combat titans. Okay, they can be a little bit fragile, but then they've still got like the um, reactor to be able to to push when you need to, and they've got enough servitor clades to be repairing things. So yeah, they are. They really are the workhorse of AT. Um, the the reavers you mentioned there, though. Um, uh, the Titan of Legend, Hammer of Tyrants. Now, Titans of Legend is something which certainly newer players probably have got very little kind of understanding or even awareness of, because this was a pack of of terminal cards, one for loyalists, one for traitors, which was released really early in the game. I want to say like twenty nineteen, around that sort of time. Um, and Hammer of Tyrants is arguably one of the. They're a real mixed bag, aren't they? They're they're either game breakingly good. Um, or they like like you know the Griffonicus and Furians ones are sickeningly good uh, for the points um, to being really quite lackluster and a bit meh. Um, they're generally always better than whatever it is their normal class of Titan. They they they're usually slightly better or, or introduce an interesting kind of ability or quirk. Um, but um, like 
Hammer of Tyrants is the one for Legio Kratos. Um, why don't you can you talk a bit more around him? Yeah, so um, Hammer of Tyrants is just it's warlord chassis. Um, it comes with Sun Furies and Bellicosas automatically. You can pick what you want on the carapace. And when you say automatically, it's baked into the points, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they, these are more expensive than a warlord because they come with those, but they, they do work out, you know, similar in points. Um, his little trick is basically when you fire a weapon using the maximal fire trait, rolls of ones um, don't increase the reactor heat for him. Um and I think it's the first. I've got this card. The first time it lands a, uh, is it a critical hit? You put the reactor back on him as well. That rings a bell, yeah. Uh, um, we have the. <laughs> Everyone's quickly looking one up. Yeah, <laughs> st- standard podcast of ours, isn't it? Man looks at a thing on internet, but um, yeah. the like. Look, on on the, like I we theory crafted this me and Ben uh, and Ben put it into practice once um, when he took Kratos. Um, normally, obviously, you've only got the pla- the Sun Fury, so four dice. You know that that no ones is kind of like doesn't come up very often. It's not really going to change much. We did work out that if you're willing to spend four stratagem points and put some Apo- uh, Apocalypse missile launchers up on top, then you can get um, strength eight um indirect firing um apocalypse missile launches uh, which mine. never generate you any heat yeah so mine i went with set in the background back there i went with gatlings and put the four points into strength nine yeah gatlings um that's not even talking if you start putting them in these stergamus yeah i mean but, you you are you have to be a little bit lucky there because you have to randomly roll the experimental weapon right and that could be you could end up with a strength 16 bellicosa instead <laughs> that's still pretty devastating either <laughs> way but yeah, yeah you have to be lucky um yeah. well it's 50 50 chance because you ignore the fact that it's got the sun fury already yeah um but yeah i just i used him um he's fun he's cool to take out but the points i just and and the maneuverability of him i was like still i, I go i just as me as a player just gravitate back towards reavers i think you, you wouldn't be tempted in a bigger pointed game to take him as like a detached um titan with a corsair i think i think if we were, if big points um i probably would i'd probably just bring him out um or what i've got five reavers two warbringers and a and a warlord so i try to fix him in somehow and make him work um but when it's it's the smaller points i wouldn't i wouldn't bring him in um, yeah. plus the fact smaller point games if you're going for that you know heavy hitting punch with your your top guns or whatever you're you're not going to be playing civilizations ruin for it that's the trade-off and um mm. as we discussed in this this episode it's a kind of a instant take for civilization room. Okay, so we're nearly there, I think. I just want to touch very quickly um on the subject of corruptions, uh, which are obviously brought in with the um uh Traitor Legio's book. Um some Legios do it better than others. Um where do you come down with corruptions on Kratos? Uh 
my my personal opinion is Kratos don't do corruptions, you know. <laughs> um I think <clears throat> I think there's points that you'd rather put on upgrades, APOX, even to Bastion Shielding. But because you're gonna be going for first fire, um and command checks and stuff, as soon as you start adding corruptions, you're affecting your command value of your Titan. Um you're not gonna be getting those first fires off which is a big, big deal breaker for me. Um, and I don't think they, I don't feel like they need them to do better, if that makes sense. There's no benefit to giving them corruptions to what they've already got. You wouldn't be tempted to kind of put the, uh, what is it, the, the, the carap- uh, regenerative carapace or something on the on the bigger titans or... 50 points, like... I know, I know. Well, I'm thinking, you know, if you went like the Mandatum, a Mandatum Manipal, you've got some Reavers in that. No, not Mandatum, Myrmidon. You got you got some Reavers in a Myrmidon, don't you? Is there Reavers in a Myrmidon? It shows how often I use it. But you can first fire on a two plus, uh, first fire or um, uh, split fire on a two plus, um, which would kind of go against your um, well, or mitigate somewhat your. Um, your corruptions if you did um it seems like that way around though you're you're almost building your list around just having corruptions for the sake of it as yeah opposed to yeah the, the myrmidon though looking, looking at the myrmidon it might, might have been something that we might have opened. again it's expensive because two two warlords in there but you know three reavers two warlords bit of versatility there few few uh, few more equate cannons i don't know but no, so you're saying basically corruption's not for you. No, not really. If I was going to do, um, yeah, uh, maybe potential future projects that aren't Krytos will have corruptions in them. But uh, for Krytos, I like them still green and clean, basically. Green and clean, even even though when they were renowned or something, being filthy because they never cleaned their titans. And, and burning worlds that they stepped on down to like Cinder. <laughs> You know, the soot adds up after they're actually bright yellow. Yeah, uh, oh, you know, after all the grime and all the all the soot of burning <laughs> civilizations. Yeah, interesting. No, it's interesting you say that though, because I, I I do believe that there's, you know, not every Lijo is is good for um, corruptions. I personally think think like Furians. I don't think I think are better without corruptions. Um, I think. Personally, I like Lani Ascara without corruptions. I can see why people would take things like overwhelming rage and you know um, preternatural grace on them, but like for me, I quite like them without them. Um, so yeah, interesting. Kratos again, you're kind of coming down on that side as well. Um, I think shameless plug at this point in time. Um, if you are looking for uh, some content to watch on YouTube. Um, we've just started releasing a um, series of short lore videos. Uh, and the first one we released actually was on the Legio Krytos to tie in uh, with this deep dive. So if you like the sound of Krytos and you want to hear a bit more about their forming and what they were renowned for, um, there's um, you can check out one of our short videos on YouTube and uh, and, and listen to me regale you with the story from, from the Traitor Legio's book. <laughs> um, but yeah. Any part, um, parting thoughts from anybody today? Uh, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> I mean, what can you say, right? They are... Quake, that's my parting thought. 
yeah. lots and lots yeah. all of the quake. quake. Yeah, I think there's a way. There's definitely ways to play Kratos that uh, fall into their fluff and their characteristics. Um, yeah, yeah. Stu, yeah, Quake, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, brilliant hearing your insight. Um, I hope you don't win too many more tournaments. Um, start picking some kind of uh, less beardy competitive lists and, and start giving the other guys a chance, okay? <laughs> Didn't you say you'd, uh, you'd take my Volper for the next one? I think I might have to take your... If, if you'll lend me your Volper, <laughs> oh, I might man. bring it to the next one. They need to see a win, so you can you can, you can can give it a, give it a go. Are they feeling no. a bit crest crestfallen, Johnny? They need, they yeah, need a win. I've not removed them from the display cabinet since the bat rep, so... <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. Um, Thank okay, guys. Well, um, that's it for our Legio Deep Dive today on Krytos. Um, if you like what you see today, um, join us on our Discord server. Um, that is where all the latest and greatest news is disseminated across the universe uh, related to Maximal Fire. We've also got our new website, maximalfire.com, where you can find all of our links and all of our resources that we put out there so give that a uh, a look and if you do want to support the show we do have a patreon um which you can back us from as little as a pound and every little helps helps us kind of keep putting content out there so um big thank you from me thanks again Stu. thank you again johnny um just leaves us with enough time to say as always go big i need i I think we need to do a competition which is come up with a better strap line for us or something oh, at some point. Right. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I you know, it's it's as good as we've got and we're going to go with it, okay? Go big, go loud and go maximal. <laughs>